Welcome to Dear Live, a podcast that seeks to inspire global voices of change, teach you how to live with intention, and expand on the eight dimensions of wellness. I'm your host, Jeanette Schneider. Every week, I'm going to drive conversations from self-development to generational social change, even to financial wellness. I am here to share my stories and reflections alongside therapists, psychologists, coaches, and wellness experts to help you create a healthier you today so we build a healthier world tomorrow. Open up to possibility for yourself, society, and the world. And think of me as the best friend you didn't know you needed with the comfy couch and the brainy stats. Let's get started. Before we introduce our guest for today, I have a gift for you. I created this course, it's a mini course called Money Metrics just for our podcast listeners. And it is all about debt, how to get out of it, use credit constructively, and grow your net worth. Not only do we talk about spending, saving, and everything in between, but I've created the downloads you need to put your money to use, to grow it, to protect it, and make sure that you are set up in the future. Sign up through the link in the show notes. The code is LIVEPOD. Sherry Salata is a professional storyteller and world-class producer. She is the founder and CEO of The Support System, a private membership group for awesome women dedicated to creating real-life transformation, as well as Salata & Co., her personal development company offering acclaimed courses and retreats around the world. Her memoir, The Beautiful No and Other Tales of Trial, Transcendence, and Transformation is an Amazon Editor's Choice Best Memoir and an Apple Must Listen audiobook. Sherry spent 20 years in the land of Oprah, finishing that glorious run as the final executive producer of The Oprah Winfrey Show, president of Harpo Studios, and president of OWN, as captured in the cable hit series Season 25, Oprah Behind the Scenes. She spends her time today manifesting the life of her dreams, appreciating every minute of the joy ride she's creating, and calling in what's next. Hi, and welcome back to Dear Live. I'm your host, Jeanette Schneider, and I'm here today with Sherry Salata. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so delighted to be asked. Hi, everyone. I love this. So I remember hearing about you when I was at Super Soul Sessions, and <laughs> it was one of those like break open type of moments. And then when I heard that you've gotten into the self-development world yourself, I was like, okay, we have to have her on the podcast. I have to know all the internal secrets. Yes. Well, well, the secrets. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a, it's been a journey for sure. I would love to know more about it. I, I want to like definitely dig into where you are today because I know anytime you leave any type of big role, I left a big role. Yours is by far one that's known everywhere, right? There's kind of a, a death of identity and a shift and a transition for where sure. You, where you have to figure out who you are. But before we get there, I got to ask you. I know in your book, you talk about when you announced that you were leaving Harpo Studios, you're leaving, you know, Oprah, and you took an elevator ride back up to the offices before you left after you made the announcement. What was that ride like with Oprah? What have you learned from her? And did she have any party words of wisdom for you? Oh, my gosh. What would I say about that? Um, you know, bitter. it was bittersweet. It was mm -hmm. it was a bittersweet parting. And there was so much wisdom. I mean, every day was filled with wisdom. Mm -hmm. I think um, the, the most valuable thing that I learned from my time with Oprah was her, um, it's the thing she said to everybody who, who wanted to be in, in a position that she was in was just be yourself. Mm -hmm. And you know, isn't that interesting? I think um, we're all underlying, you know, working to that end. 
asking the question, who am I really? And how can I be more of my authentic self? Um, and that was her great gift. That's amazing. And what's funny to me is that, especially for people who move into the self-development space, we have a tendency to want to wrap it up in a marketing bow and create all the funnels and all of the things. And all of a sudden, you're kind of away from that authentic voice that you originally start with. And I think we all kind of start with this fire inside of us where there's something that we feel that we can gift. And I'm curious from from your perspective, because I know you were kind of like, you you drove away, you you left, and you knew that you wanted to do something bigger. Did you have a plan in place? Did you have an idea or was it more of like you needed the time and space to kind of die to the past and and remake it? Uh, All those things. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) I did have a plan in place that wasn't quite right. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I, you know, I I had a few things going. Um, And what I did know was I didn't want to produce a talk show for anybody else. So, so I shut that down, you know, really quick. And I knew that I wanted the experience of having my own company and doing my own thing. Um, And there was some different iterations on what that would be because there were so many things I'd love to do. I love branding. I love developing projects. I love producing. So there were so many different ideas. And meanwhile, so that's going on. And I'm still very much at that time in my, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Make it happen, make it happen, make it happen. And, And feeling some internal pressure for it to be successful, like right away, you know. Um, And then the other piece of that was for the first time, I had this time Mm -hmm. to reflect. I had this time to, as you said, you know, you, you, there's an, an identity death. Um, And so then now who am I? Who am I and what have I created in this life of mine so far? And Mm. do I like where it's going? And, um, you know, a a lot of that process became my memoir, The Beautiful No. Um, Looking back on my road and then finding myself, I was 56 at the time, uh, going, huh, let's take a look. Wow. You've done really well, well in the career area. Um, but there were a lot of other things that um, I felt weren't healed, hadn't been brought to the light, um, that, um, you know, I hadn't done the, the, the releasing of grief, so many things. Mm-hmm. And it was so interesting that the process didn't know I was going to, you know, a publisher gave me a contract. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll write some gems down. And that process of writing that memoir turned out to be the, the beginning of the healing journey for sure. I love that. And a lot of people may not know that you started your, your career as a 7-Eleven store manager. Well, that was one of my things. Right. I, mean, I, I had I had like 10 jobs by the time I was 27. I was I was just trying to figure it out. I mean, I I was uh, a secretary at the time. I was in the typing pool. I was a assistant toy store manager and then um 7-Eleven hired me in their supervisor training program and I had to learn how to actually run a store, clean a slurpee machine. <laughs> ran that register, made the coffee, yeah, wore the smock, the whole thing. 
So I'm so curious because I feel like there's sometimes, like, especially with women who achieve so much, like there is this desire to be successful or to be seen and to know that you have a higher potential, but you're kind of like, you're being led along. And I'm curious, was there a moment where you're like, I'm not living up to my highest potential? I, <laughs> a moment, it was every day. <laughs> Every day I was like, what are you doing? Oh, it was more than a moment, my friend. It was, it was like, uh, it was, it was, I was always teetering on despair and giving it the old college try. Yeah. So, you know, any, anything I took on, I really tried to do my best at, even if it was a bad fit and I didn't belong there. Um, so it probably was. What I didn't do, if I, if I would go back and look at it now, is relax and have fun. Mm. Relax. Joy. Have fun. Just lean into the things that feel good. You'll find your way. It's all going to work out. I, I, I had no ability and no training to do that. Mm. I had no meditation practice. Um, I had no yoga practice. I, had, I didn't have, I had the beginnings of a spiritual life. Mm -hmm. From my time, um, um, from my my quest in the self help aisles, um, that was kind of my church. I'd go in there and be like, sure. "Somebody, somebody, give me the answer. Someone tell me what all this means." Um, but I was, I was floundering at a very fast pace. Mm -hmm. So I often say, you know, it's fine to make good time going down the road of life if you're going where you want to go mm -hmm. like getting there fast but it's the wrong road you, it's still the wrong road so and that that was a lot of my experience in my 20s yeah i'm so curious from you got to rub elbows and talk to and interview and be part of conversations with these incredible thought leaders and spiritual um gurus and very gifted as you were going through that process, like when you first started working on um, with with Oprah and working with these these people, did it like speak to you? Was it a slow conversation? Was it something where it's like, I, I, in my mind, I imagine anyone on that team is like going to church every day, right? You are having these moments where you're creating really uplifting content, but then it has the stressors of a role of a job, right? Uh, so a I'm, TV job, yeah. Yeah, so I'm curious. I would say we, uh, uh, people on the team, everybody had their own favorite shows. Like some people loved the makeovers. Some mm -hmm. people like the dream shows. Mm -hmm. um, uh, my favorites for sure were the shows that were more spiritually um, mm -hmm. focused because that was my quest. I mean, I was hungry, hungry for that information. So that that it was probably right before I went to work at the Oprah show, Marianne Williamson mm -hmm. had come out with the book, A Return to Love. And it was a phenom. It was the year before, I think, before I started there, and, or maybe a couple years before. And I was like, wow, okay, this is the language um, that I that I can relate to. It was like the first time I could uh, the door was cracked open. And then, of course, um, you know, once I was at the show, it was, you know, Gary Zukov and mm -hmm. Deepak Chopra and um, just so many possibilities of starting to see my own spirituality. First of all, my connection to the all as more personal and more layered 
and more possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And so all that's going on amidst the, the super duper high pressure job of television production. Yeah. Which, you know, any anybody who's been there will know that, that it is a hair falling out, um, you know, pressure. Um, and especially at the Oprah show, you know, it felt like a big deal. Oh, for like sure. 180 countries around the world, like people like it, it, if you if you can just go back to the fact that we didn't use like the interwebs like we do now. Mm-hmm. There, there was no social media. Um, I think we put Oprah on Twitter uh, when I was executive producer. So it was like the last five years of the show. Mm-hmm. So people wrote letters, fan letters. There was no, no, you weren't really writing emails. So there wasn't anything, any place, any communal, communal place to go and have conversations about making your life better. Mm-hmm. And it really felt like the, the show really delivered that. So huge pressure to be there for the people and to be there for this phenom of a talent leader who clearly uh, was, was meeting a moment of her own. So absolutely. Yeah. Was there a, a day or a moment or an inkling of a thought that slowly grew brighter and there was finally the day when you're like, it's time. What did that look like? What did that transition look like? Well, you know, listen, uh, being a television producer, it's like dog years. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. It is, you know. um, I mean, it's such a tough job. It it, it was hard on my psyche, on my energy. And so I had left, I had finished Wrap the Oprah Show and went went to OWN to work with Oprah to help her um, get that on the right track. So... And I was, I did that for five years Mm -hmm. and I was traveling back and forth between LA and Chicago. Then I moved to LA and in in that role, I was a co-president in that role. I'm meeting with these young entrepreneurs who are just killing it Mm -hmm. and, and like having great lives and really, you know, creating their own vision for their life and for their work. And I was like, I want some of that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it just became, it just became the right thing and the opportunity arose and it was time to go. I love that. When you, um, the first iteration, you, you wrote the, the beautiful no and, and out of that, did that provide you a little bit more structure for what the next step was supposed to look like? I know that there's like a workbook assigned with the beautiful no, but you've created more since then. Like what was that kind of, trajectory as you actually started getting the words out of yourself? Yeah. I only know now what it was for at Mm. the time. It it just seemed like, um, yeah, that, that seems like something I'd want to do. And it was actually, of course, very, very difficult to do it because you, you, you got to take off some skin. You Mm -hmm. gotta, you gotta be vulnerable. And so it was that whole process of vulnerability and, and coming to truth about some things for myself. But then what happened is, um, through a series of coincidences and amazing conversations with people who were in doing the transformational work, um, next thing you know, I was putting together a 12-week live digital course, and I could use my memoir mm-hmm. as a textbook. 
and the workbook that I created that's in the paperback version as, as the, the writing exercises. And that has become, I've done four, taken four groups through that. Mm-hmm. And that has been so great and so profound that now I, in fact, I just, I just finished a group like a few days ago and I just sit back and I say, that's why I wrote that book. Yeah. Isn't it a great feeling? Like we, so in our app, we have a group of people who actually reach out to us when, and they're like, your app has changed my life that you've given me the language. And, and when the words are the, the, the project or the thing that you put together yeah. actually touches someone's life and they reflect it back to you. It's like all the, the sweat and the identity crisis and everything was worth it in those moments. And even if it's the one person. And for sure, here, here's what I say. Um, I'm really talking to myself. Mm. I mean, the fact that it's valuable to somebody else makes me, thrills me. Mm-hmm. And that, that makes it so satisfying, just like it was back in my days at the Oprah show. It's just so satisfying when people are moved or touched by, by things you're putting effort into. But the truth is, the reason why my business of today is totally focused on personal development and really um, um, exploring the, the fullest possibilities of what, what we can, how we can create these lives of ours mm-hmm. and really have a more joyous, wondrous life experience. I'm talking to myself. I, and, and then I say, I turn around and say, who wants to come? <laughs> you're like, I'll, you're allowed to come with. Now, and you refer to yourself. Do you still refer to yourself as a transformation doula? Is that kind of the... Yes. So it's almost like you're, you're birthing these new, these new individuals. And what is that process? Is it, is it through the workbooks or do you have, I know you have a support system that I want to dig into a little bit, but if someone comes to you and this is what I found is typically when people come to me, it's because they're tired and they've read a bunch of books and they've listened to a bunch of podcasts and they need someone to give them concise answers and sometimes say hard things. Yeah. And it's like, you're kind of like, here, let me help you. So doula sounds right. <laughs> yeah. Do, okay. So here's, here's how I, why I say transformation doula, because it's as I give birth to the next version of myself, mm-hmm. let me wipe your brow, hold your hand and help you give birth to the next version of yourself. Yeah. And that, so I, I think of doula as a helper a guide, a helper, not so much a teacher, because I've really come to believe, having met them all, that the, the, the guru, the teacher that you need to be listening to is inside yourself. So how do we clear things out so you can hear that voice? Yeah. And how do we set you up like what, w- with some practices that get you, um, get your foundation stable enough where you can hear that voice, where you can dream some new dreams and you can begin to believe it's possible. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the fun part. That's the fun part. That's, listen, it is, there's no question. I had no idea I would have the career that I've had. I, I, I couldn't have dreamed that up if I tried. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that in the cards. I didn't go to college for television production. That was crazy pants how that worked out for me. And I, I, I soaked up every delicious morsel in those 20 years. And I would tell you still, I've never been happier or more on purpose than I am right now. Mm. 
I love that. Do you see a specific change? Like if you look back at who you were when you left and the identity that you held, and what's what's the difference in personality and structure in the way that you move about the world? Well, I think, and one of the reasons why I ended up on the top of the mountain, so to speak, was I had a a, a misunderstanding, like a spiritual, emotional, human misunderstanding. And I thought that achievement and worthiness were mm-hmm. intertwined, that they were inextricably together. So, um, you know, if you, then you could look back and say, that's why she was like, I was on the hunt to achieve, to achieve, to achieve, because I was trying to fill that worthiness gap. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the top of the mountain. In fact, I was um, on my book tour and and I had just done an interview in New York and I was in a cab and I'm like, you know what, Sherry, you have a funky idea, a, a, a misunderstanding. You think that your worthiness and your lovability mm. is tied to achievement mm-hmm. and they're not even related. So that really has been my exploration since, which is, you know, achieve because it's fun, achieve because it feels good, but always double checking like, uh-uh, this, is, this doesn't make you more or less worthy. Mm-hmm. As Oprah said many times on the Oprah show, you're worthy because you're here. Mm-hmm. You're worthy because you, you're here. So how can we begin to feel that? How can we land that worthiness in our bones? And that's the work. That's the work we're doing now. How much of it do you think is, I feel like so much of it is self-awareness and it's almost like we get in our own way when it comes to being truly self-aware. Do you spend a lot of time talking about that with your clients? Yeah. You know, I would say self-awareness. Okay. So here's how I'm going to define that. That wanting to see the truth, speak the truth, hear the truth, know the truth, Mm -hmm. not wanting to have like shame. I I call it like we all have this dresser and there's a shame drawer and a disappointment drawer and a, uh, it's never going to happen for me drawer. And so, and, and, and just really deciding that you're just going to bring everything to the light. Mm -hmm. You're going to lay it all out there and you're not going to bury the truth anymore. You're not going to silence yourself anymore. You're going to take a look at your life and you're going to require more. Mm, I love that. Requiring more of your life is is almost like a, a challenge to yourself to step up through the junk. Yes. Why why does somebody else get more than you? Right. Why why did why does somebody why why they and not you? And while I I use I I try to flip comparison into the old, I want some of that. Like you see somebody having some, I want some of that. I want some of that. Use them as inspiration. Yeah. But, you know, first really understanding that for most of us, we've settled for far too less. Mm. We've settled in a lot of areas of our lives. We've settled for mediocre, good enough. I don't know what else to do. This is all I get, I guess. And so it's really being like, but but you're the co-creator. Mm-hmm. You're the one setting the vision. You're the one dreaming the dream. And then you're the one becoming a match to what's possible. So if you want that glorious future, you have to be brave enough to become a match to it. 
I love that. I have, I'm so curious. Um, based on like what you see with your clients, do you find, and this is what I'm experiencing lately, um, for our community, I've noticed the younger generations are curious. They they watch our content, they download the app, they listen to the podcast, but they don't engage. What I'm finding is that it seems like it's women in their 30s, 40s, and even early 50s who are kind of like, I am tired of living the status quo. And they're a little bit more like, I'm, I'm tired. I'm done. I don't accept this life anymore. And I, I love being able to create a container for that. And I know that you have support for people as well. Talk to me about why it's important to have those folks together. And what do you see as far as trends? Do you see that it's kind of, I feel like in the 20s and 30s, are getting their life together. They're still on that achievement track. They're fi- get, finishing college, getting the career. But it seems like there comes a point in your time, in time where people are like, this is all BS and I'm ready to do something different. Listen, I think the times are changing. I think the people in their 20s are being raised by people who are more aware and had mm-hmm. better training than certainly I did. Yeah. You know, like, um, you know, I, I, my parents, God bless them, love them, but we're not trained. You know, they had no training on, on how to be like, you know, I mean, like the, even the, the, the concept of parenthood has completely changed from mm-hmm. seen and not heard. And you're just running around the neighborhood to now your parents are like helicoptering over everything you do. Yeah. Which in many ways is involvement and validation and, and, and being a part of their lives is a really good thing. So I, I, I applaud that. So here's what I see. What I see, and, and I have a lot of faith in people in their 20s. They're just going to live their lives differently than I did. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to take better care of themselves. They're going to see that the real superstars are the people who really practice radical self-care and they speak their truth and um they're 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 going to they're they're less people pleasing um which is why there's such a rankle in the, in the business world when they're managed by older people. Cause we were all told you just give blood from your veins and you become, you be a big people pleaser and then you get promoted. So there's a shift happening. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, here's what I see. I see women in the middle of life who are like, Oh my God, is this all I'm going to get? Mm-hmm. And um, that, you know, whether it's, you know, they're, they're, their kids, 40s, 50s, 60s, their kids are um, off to school or they they get left. The, the, their, their partner, they didn't have a good marriage anyway, but he left them. He left them. Um, or, um, you know, the career that they put their heart and soul in is, is over. And it's, they're left feeling like, There's got to be more. Mm-hmm. I want more. This isn't enough. This feeling of, gosh, I might live another 30, 40 years. What am I going to do with that? And so, and, and, and I didn't have the training to put myself first and love myself most and practice radical self-care. I was trained to be a server of everybody, my job, my family. I'm the servant to all. Mm-hmm. And now I'm bitter and resentful and unhappy and pessimistic and maybe even a little depressed and a whole lot sad. Mm-hmm. So how am I going to turn this ship around to have that life that you say is possible? And that's the work. That's the great work. Yeah. I know that you have a support system for, for women. women. 
tell me about this, this community. Well, I was getting ready to wrap my first cohort of the 12 week digital experience. And I was like, uh, where are we going from here? Because here's what I could see that without a place to be every day where, and, and this is the, the beauty and the, the purpose of technology, just like you and I, you know, we can be where we are having this conversation. I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing. So imagine that, um, you know, a, a private platform off social media, but with all the good things about it, which is so, so I create, so I'm like, okay, I need a, I need a membership platform. Mm -hmm. So I created the support system. And so my first cohort would have a place to go. Mm -hmm. um, and then we opened it up um, to the, the, the general public. And what, what ends up happening is there, it's a safe, sacred circle of sisterhood of people who are walking the path of transformation and want support and want to support each other. Mm -hmm. Because that's, that's the power of technology. We can do it together. Absolutely. And I think the most successful programs I've seen have been when people come together and create their own language and their own identity as a group, because all of a sudden you're holding each other accountable. When someone falls, you're there to lift them up. Yeah. And I've always believed that, you know, you, you hang around with people who are smarter than you or more gifted than you or more spiritual than you, because you only have the choice, but to, to kind of be more uplifted by the community. Yeah. Yeah. And we are the programmers of our life experience. That's a serious role. Mm -hmm. So what you watch, what you listen to, mm -hmm. what you scroll through, what, who you hang out with, um, you know, a new day is dawning. A new day is dawning where we are slowly beginning to, to, to see that how we program our lives is, is how we create our futures. And if, and we're, 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 craving happiness and fulfillment mm -hmm. and purpose and enthusiasm and an excitement and adventure. And that's not going to happen if you keep making the same old choices and with the same old people. Mm, yes. Very well said. Um, I also, I love that you said programming because I think from your perspective, right, you came from the world of TV and you're thinking of programming your life and the way I'm looking at it, I think with some of the content that we've been putting together is this beautiful space where science and spirituality kind of meet yes. and you can use really impactful, beautiful statements that sound spiritual that rewired neurotransmitters and create new um, synapses. And I... I've always loved that. It's one of the things I try to instill in my daughter is that you're, you're, you're kind of a computer, my love. Like you, it's input in, you know, you input what it is that you want to experience and your body will respond to the ways that you um, communicate with it. Um, and you have to be kind of sovereign in that way, making sure, like I'm very conscientious about what I consume as far as social media. I've noticed that when I'm on social media or watching programming that is darker, it's not your super soul Sunday, right? It's yeah. it's the darker stuff um, or the news. I have noticed those weeks that I am consuming more. My mental health is not as clean and pristine. No, yet. you're not as sharp. You're not as you're not vibrating where you want to be. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I'm I'm a stickler for editing that. Um, yeah. I used to be a big cable news person. Not anymore. Yeah. You know, if there's anything I need to know, it'll make its way to me, um, and. I really try to use, 
if I'm on social media, I try to, first of all, make sure that I'm, um, I, I can contribute mm-hmm. uh, to truth and, um, and also joy and possibility. But um, that's really why I created the support system because I wanted a place to yeah. go every day. So, you know, women from all around the world and we're just, we're just putting it out there. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm working on. Um, and, and, you know, what I really love in that group is that's where I get to be a bit of a producer and, and I do events. Mm -hmm. So I bring people in and produce events. Um, so it's just, it's like having, um, your psycho spiritual medicine cabinet Mm, and and we all need that. We all need that. You got to go and find ways. And I say this as somebody who has walked the path I have and has made the commitment that I have to myself about becoming the fullest expression of myself, mm-hmm. that if I don't, if I have not scheduled it, planned it, programmed it, I can lose a year. Mm-hmm. Going, I thought I was going to do that. And I was going to m- get more in body. And I was going to do my meditation. I thought I was going to, I, you know, you just, you, you can just, lose years of your life in unconsciousness. I love, I was actually going to ask you because I have a love hate relationship with the whole idea of morning routines and how it's almost prescriptive, but I love what you just said about almost like scheduling and programming the things that you need to do in order to be like, so what is, what does that look like for you? Is this like you sit down every week and kind of program your week? Is it a morning practice? I would say I'm always programming because I use my calendar Mm-hmm. on my laptop as a a little bit of a map for okay. how my days are going to go, how my weeks are going to go. Now, I, you know, it, it can feel trivialized, morning and evening routines. So maybe just don't use that language. But, but here's what I know. When I get up there, in, instead of unconsciously going for coffee and starting to scroll, I need to have some things in place, even if they're only two minutes a piece. Mm-hmm. You know, my hands on my heart, some big thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, a little like just kind of lingering in the energy of what I want to create in my day. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually my meditation, I, I lately anymore, I'm doing it whenever I feel like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then an evening routine, I do what I call turn down service. So I treat myself like I'm at the four seasons. <laughs> yeah, that's I amazing. Go, I dim my lights, pull my duvet back, get everything fluffed, spray some things on my pillow, get it nice and yeah. and uh, and then I know two hours later I'll go and I'll be like, ooh, yeah. So I what what I really encourage is don't do somebody uh, just don't take somebody else's practices. And yeah, you kind of figure out what lights you up. What comforts you? What soothes you? What reminds you uh, of of the reverence that that you can hold for yourself and your life experience? That's the fact find. Like what works for you? I love. So I got into all this like prescriptive. Like okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this, and they say this looks like this, and eh. and I finally realized what really lights me up in the morning is to spend some time in like prayer and contemplation. 
before my meditation and I write almost like letters to God. Um, you know, and it's, I have started reading like a chapter in the Bible or I'll read, I have some books on, you know, really courageous women and I'll read a chapter about things that they've done in their lives that were really brave or beautiful. And it's almost like it kind of gives me my own North star and it doesn't look like everybody else's. Right. And it's taken me years to get to that. But by the time I'm done, I'm like, not only do I feel better, but I make really good decisions <laughs> on those days. <laughs> well, and and that's really about stepping into the role of being your own your own teacher. Yeah. Um, being your like like really bringing forth the knowing, like following. Like, gosh, could you imagine if like how do I live a happy life? Just do what feels good. How do I live a happy life? Lean in the direction of what feels like joy. How do right. I live a happy life? Wake up every day and decide that you're going to be happy choose happiness, choose happiness, choose. How do I live a happy life? How do I, it's, it's, it's simple. Mm -hmm. It can be. If you just take it down to the, the basic things, you know, do you know, there's a, there's a thing I do um, in all my workshops. I call it the triangle breath mantra meditation. And I just come up with a mantra. Like I'm willing to see the possibilities is one of my favorites. And a triangle breath is a five count inhale, five count hold, five count exhale. Mm-hmm. Simple. So a couple deep breaths, repeat the mantra three times, do five rounds of triangle breath, a couple deep breaths, repeat the mantra, put your hands on your heart. Okay. That maybe takes two and a half minutes. Okay. And then you sit and you just notice how your nervous system has just gone. Ooh, mm-hmm. and realigned and, and self-regulated. And then you say, is that good for me? How do I feel? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I feel so great. I was so scattered and all over the place. Oof, I feel so focused and centered and, and calm. Is that good for me? Yes, that's good for me. That's how simple mm-hmm. coming up with these, what I call them esteemable practices because they're the little daily practices when done over time, change the trajectory of your life. It's oh, those little things. Mm-hmm. It's the little tiny things and that make them small enough so you can do them every day. And those little things, those little changes. So you just change a little couple degrees. You end up in a completely different place, completely mm-hmm. different from where you were going to, where you were going to be. So, um, the power of little practices done consistently with reverence mm-hmm. is that, the, and it's your personal recipe of what those are. Yeah. Those are the things. That's that's the worship. That's I, the, well, and I love, yeah, I love the language you're using, the reverence and the the worship, because I think that those are things that we we forget, and like even like the substance abuse and mental health agency has said, like spiritual wellness is a huge part of overall wellness. It's one of the eight dimensions, and I think people think of that and they're like, ah, well, spiritual wellness can be any of these practices done with reverence, as you as you sp- spoke of, or thinking of something bigger than yourself. Um, and I'm a big fan of affirmations. What say you on affirmations? I like it. Yes, for sure. For sure. Like, well, you know, the, the, the bigger story on that is we're telling ourselves a lot of stories that we made up when we were five, eight, 10, 13, mm-hmm. 14. And that voice has created a, a, a lot of stories that aren't necessarily helpful. They aren't loving. They aren't helpful. They're critical. They're harsh. They're, they're unkind. They're, not true. 
they're made up um, and what affirmations are are can be little prompts Mm-hmm. to help you begin to to tell yourself a new story about your life, about your body, about your value, about your um, relationships, mm-hmm. about any area of your life. You can use those prompts to begin to tell that new story of possibility. And that story creates a vibration and your vibration, wherever you're vibrating is what calls things to you. Yeah. So there, there is no new version of you. There is no future you glorious future for you unless you change that vibration. Mm -hmm. And what are the tools to do that words? Yeah. Words are spells. I've always loved that because I've always been into writing. I've written for years and I've always felt that way. Words are powerful, so powerful. Words are definitely spells. We're casting spells on ourselves. All the time. <laughs> Times an hour. Yeah. Every time my daughter, so I, I grew up in the South and my first grade teacher, her name was Mrs. Randolph and she always used to say, can't never could cook a biscuit. So whenever my daughter, I can't do this, I can't do that. And I'll say that to her and she just rolls her eyes now. And I'm like, never you can't, cook a you, yeah, you never say these things because you start to believe them. Um, tell me a little bit about your course for anyone who might be interested. What are, like, how are people coming into the course? What's the experience yeah. during the 12 week process? Well, we're going to, we'll, our, our next one, because we just wrapped, so our next one will launch, um, I'll do a five-day free challenge in January, mm-hmm. second week of January, and that, and and we'll do, because I always want to make sure in whatever I'm doing, there's, I'm offering um, some contents free, and I want to make sure there's a seat at the table for everybody. So we'll do the free challenge, and then at the end of that week, we'll open up the doors um, for the course. And that'll start, um, it's one 90-minute workshop a week for 12 weeks. Um, and there's, a, you know, a whole course platform with um, the reading and the writing exercises. And every single time it's different mm-hmm. because the magic really happens when, when the cohort assembles, when mm-hmm. the people come together. And, you know, overall, here's what I would say I always notice. We always think we're the only ones. We think our thing is the worst. We think nobody feels like we do. And, and that begins that process of vulnerability and authenticity. When we begin to see, feel, first of all, feel connected mm-hmm. um, to this group of people and then um, to each other. And then to see that, as we open our shame drawers and our and and all the things that we've kind of brushed under under the rug, we start to feel that relief and that release, and then we start to feel that hope of what is possible. Mm-hmm. And it the the energy of it's different every time, and it's there's there's a miraculous quality to it that I really can't explain. So it's 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 wild. What are you? How does it affect you personally, like emotionally, when you have? Oh my god! <laughs> well, I'm I'm equally in it. Mm-hmm. I'm equally in it. I mean, this has now become the introductory program, um, and I just started um, in the middle of this year because I had a bunch of cohorts who were like, "What's next?" So I just started a year long mastermind like program called the Life Lab mm-hmm. that I do for. 
I offer to graduates of the course to the alumni because you know they're they're at a certain place they have a certain language and and now they want to they want to go deeper so um i i am i am every time i sit down to do a workshop i see that i'm in that chair as much for myself mm-hmm. as i am to shine the light for everybody else because we're all kind of shining the light for each other and and I end up with a with notes myself you know as people are sharing and talking about their epiphanies and what their realizations are I I have notebooks filled mm-hmm. because it's um it's a collaborative and creative experience well and I love the way you talk about it because you're talking about it from the perspective of the servant heart, right? Like you're you're in it and not from the perspective of what do I create for them next? And I'm sure that comes too, but almost like how can I serve and be served by this collective energy? And I think that that's really beautiful. Well, I am so incredibly thrilled that you made the time to talk to me today. And if if anyone wants to get more information on your book, the course, follow you, where is the best place for them to do that? Um, for sure, my website. Um, I think when when you go there, it's sherrysalata.com, one, one R, I, S-H-E-R-I, sherrysalata.com. And we have, um, I love this, this free workbook we give out. And it's uh, called um, Change 10 Words, Change Your Life. Mm-hmm. So you can get that to sherrysalata.com forward slash 10 words, okay. one zero words. Um, and... Yeah. So I, I, in fact, I'm, I'm taking a group to Italy uh, nice. <laughs> in two weeks. I'm, like I, 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 what I try to do is keep things very simple. You know how to work with me. Um, you can take the course, you can join the membership group. Um, there's, there's another program after that. And then I do trips. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> I'm like, I want to go to Italy. I want to do it. I know. I want to do it. Oh my God, that's amazing. Well, I am thrilled that you've joined us. We'll definitely include the link in our show notes. And for those who are listening, uh, please don't forget to follow dearlive.app on Instagram and download the app on the Apple App Store. Thank you so much, Sherry. You are a light and I just really appreciate you being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs>